Old age. When does it begin? The dictionary doesn't give us an age. Instead, it says it's when strength and vigor decline. <laughs> That's great. So we'll look to Scripture. And in Scripture, Second Samuel chapter 21, a picture, not a definition, but a picture of declining strength and vigor is given. And verse 15 reads this way. Once again... There was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. Pardon me for laughing. It seems like there was always a battle between the (laughs) Philistines and Israel. Once again. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. King David would probably have been killed had not Abishai, one of his military leaders, come to his rescue. And so scripture continues. Then David's men swore to him, saying, Never again will you go out with us to battle so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. (laughs) Apparently, David didn't know he had reached old age, but his men sure did. Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines. Here in two chapters earlier in 2 Samuel 19, we get an opposite picture of this one of King David. Here we find a man who was fully aware that he was old. The Bible reads, Barzillai was a very old man, 80 years old. That makes me really feel old at 85. (laughs) He was a wealthy old-timer. Barzillai had provided for David and his men when the king had fled from his son Absalom and Absalom's rebellious followers. Mm. Eventually, his forces are defeated and Absalom was killed. And in this passage, David is heading back to Jerusalem. Verse 33, the king said to Barzillai, stay with me in Jerusalem and I will provide for you. So he has a wonderful opportunity here. Now listen to this response, okay? Okay. Barzillai answered the king, How many more years will I live that I should go up to Jerusalem with the king? I am now 80 years old. Can I tell the difference between what is good and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats and drinks? Can I still hear the voices of men and women singers? Why should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Very tactful. (laughs) Your servant (laughs) will cross over the Jordan with the king for a short distance, but why should the king reward me in this way? Let your servant return that I may die in my own town near the tomb of my father and mother. And then you have this scene where they cross the Jordan, head toward Jerusalem. And the king kissed Barzillai and gave him his blessing, and Barzillai returned to his home. So here's this this old guy. It's kind of a funny picture, but... We're going to draw some lessons from this passage that we're learning from. I'm just trying to set up a contrast of two people, okay? Okay. That's a different world. Many years ago, you know, different country, different setting. We don't have internal battles going on to see who's going to wear the crown and everything. But it's just this interesting, you know, here's David. He doesn't know that he's old. Mm -hmm. This guy knows. He knows he's very old. And Karen, he's going to pass up an absolutely what could be the most wonderful time of his own, his whole life. To be in the king's court. Being in the, yeah, in that, that great world, but, but he doesn't want it. No, well, he, he's just, be, he knows that past. he has a wisdom, doesn't he? A self-wisdom. He's beyond that now at his stage in life. 
the comforts of home. And plus, he's, at Scripture says he's also a wealthy man. He doesn't need to be in the king's court. You know, he has his own life. Well, anyway, one guy needs his warriors to tell him you can't do this anymore. And the other guy is telling whoever wants to do nice things for him, I'm too old for this stuff. Yeah, right. You know? Here's what I'm trying to say into a sentence, and I'm not sure I've set it up well, but I did want to have contrasting individuals because we still have these kind of people today in our world. One would do well to view old age as a gift. Not all that many are given. Oh, let's repeat that one. Then we'll take some thinking. One would do well to view old age as a gift. Not all that many are given. These have been, Karen, for us. I'm 85. You're 70. Almost 78. Yeah, a month getting more. pretty close now. Uh-huh. These have been some of our best years. Yeah, they really have been. When we look back on our lives, we don't have any regrets as far as it being fruitless. I mean, we've been in marriage and ministry for 59 years, you know. And there has just been, from youth ministry when we started out, to church planting ministries, to the broadcast ministry, to telecasting, to really working with pastors nationally all across the country. I mean, those were some of the most delightful days. So these have been fruitful years. Our, Our ministry lives have been fruitful years. But the ministry at this time, at old age, is different because we have time. We have time now. We're not running from pillar to post. And let me just say that these are observations regarding our life. Uh We're not saying this should be for everyone. We know that people, you know, some people, they reach this age and they have huge health problems. Yeah. You've struggled. I've had some, but enough to let me know that, you know, the body is frail, Mm -hmm. you know, but not like other people who have a cancer scenario they're dealing with or diabetes. Some people have marital problems. Well, some, many marriages don't last. You know, I think it's a good 50 some percent do not last. So there's a broken relationship there. Uh, People go through financial stress. Uh, You know, some people, they're older and they've been hurt by church wars. Yeah. Or they Uh, have estrangement with their children, which would be just emotionally ruinous. You know, we are close to all of our kids. I thank God for that. Mm -hmm. But I only imagine what that would be like if we weren't talking to some Mm -hmm. of them, you know. So let's go back. And again, we say that this is our experience and Mm -hmm. we're just reflecting on it. And we're saying one would do well to view old age as a gift. Not all that many are given. Mm -hmm. I like it that in these years, I can set the pace at one that I want to travel. Mm -hmm. I don't have to say, just put me on the fast lane. I have a funny memory. A couple times you were flying out of O'Hare and and I was flying in. O'Hare is the Chicago airport, of course, the big one. And we had like 20 minutes or a half an hour or an hour to sit down and catch up and say, well, how are the kids? And, you know, what do I need to do when I get home? And when are you going to be back? That sort of stuff was going on in our lives. That is not happening now. We have day after day after day, and particularly with this COVID-19, but even before we had this isolation imposed, we had time for one another every day. And, you know, we weren't leaving one another. And Frankly, I've traveled so much, I don't care if I ever pack another suitcase because I kind of got that travel bug out of my system. And to be our age, the decades that we are in, and to have day after day after day for one another. And You're co- still busy. I'm, we're busy. You have things to do. I have things to do. But, right. the, David, the thing of it is it's marked with the fact that we both are aware that there is an eventual ending that's going to separate us. Mm-hmm. And so it makes 
that reality makes the days that we have together just extraordinary gifts. We kind of, in a strange way, we didn't say let's get into podcasting, but we are now into it. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I like about it is we do it once a week. Right. It used to be every day except for Sunday, there was a broadcast. And then on top of that, there was a telecast. You look back and you think, how in the world did we manage all that? Of course, we had a, a large staff and they were wonderful people to work with. But the pressure of those deadlines was extraordinary. You know, Karen, I think even now as we podcast once a week, it's amazing to me how quickly those once a weeks come. <laughs> even, even when it's only once a week. Yeah. If somebody would say, why don't you do two a week? It, it doesn't seem like one a week is very much. Two a week would be overwhelming. <laughs> I just like the pace that we're on now. So one of the points that we like about a good old age is that we are able to set the pace at which we're living. Mm -hmm. I'd say another thing that I like, and I I want to be careful how I'm heard, but I think this is me honestly reflecting on my life. I believe I am becoming more Christ-like than I was previously. My response to other people is much more loving. Not judgmental. Yeah. yeah, That uh kind of accompanies the middle years or the younger years. But as you get older, you have a sensitivity to what people have gone through or what's made them who they are. One of the things I like about what's happened in these older years is that I talk a lot less Mm -hmm. and I listen carefully Mm -hmm. much more. And I'm glad I'm able to say this. Well, I I had a recent observation. We had some old friends just drop past. They were delivering some Christmas gifts, and we're all masked. In our living room on either side of the fireplace, we have one old church pew on one side and one old church pew on the other. So we sat social distancing from one another, catching up with one another. And then our daughter-in-law dropped in with the little grandchildren because we have kittens, and they wanted to play with kittens. Of course, everyone's masked up. And so our daughter-in-law, Angela, sat down to talk. And you guided that threesome who didn't really know one another to say, well, Angela, tell her friends what you're doing, what you're involved in. And then you said to the gentleman, update us on your life. What are you involved in to the woman? Now, no one in that group turned around and said, David, what are you up to? You know, and partly there wasn't time. But I think the inclination on people is it's so wonderful to have folk ask you who you are, what you're doing. And then to listen. Yeah, that sometimes they don't turn the table on the asker. And I thought how gracious your response was, because I know that you didn't feel like no one had paid attention to you. And that's the gift of old age that we're talking about, not needing to have the focus turn your way anymore. Yeah, I think that's a huge improvement. I think the Lord would say, you've matured. (laughs) You've matured (laughs) means you're coming along. Maybe I'll give you a couple more years because you you haven't made it yet. So point number three. We've got another one. Yeah, sure. I would say that these have been less hectic years to enjoy one another more. Those racing years, uh, I don't want to go back to that. Well, for a long time, we lived sort of individual lives under the same roof because you had your calling in your ministry. Now, we did work together on some things, but I had my calling in Mm -hmm. my ministry. And I was out every other weekend traveling and speaking. I was writing. I had a group of writer friends, and we were doing supposedly great work, you know, (laughs) encouraging one another to do great work. Some of them did do great work. But now it's a we And we actually had a life coach who helped us define what the David and Karen means we meant. That was extremely helpful. So I think these years have been the we living together. I find myself saying to friends when they say, how are you doing with this COVID isolation? I'm saying, well, David and I are doing well. Fortunately, we like each other. (laughs) Well, I like you. I like you more and more. 
I would say that as things have slowed down, you're teaching me lessons that I don't know why. I didn't like think. what would that be? I'm sort of intrigued by that. What do you mean? Well, I'd give you the example. I would say that you're helping me see beauty in life that I went right on past before. Hmm. You'll say, now just stop what you're doing a second, David, and come and look out the window. Let's watch uh, these geese fly over. Yeah. Or look at this sunset. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? I say, by golly, it is. Yeah. That's really something. And, and you are able to see through the course of the day things I've missed all my life. Well, and I'm, you're helping me to understand how delightful that is. I'm more of a naturalist That's than you fair. are. But I also think I have a high aesthetic ideal. And so everything around me doesn't have to be expensive, but it needs to look beautiful. Good. I'm glad that, that you feel it. that's not your wife nagging you. But that No, is... no, not at all. In okay. fact, this, this is a very good thing. I could go on, but I'm going to make a couple other points that I have in my mind. I'm certainly, in these years, spending way more time in the Lord's presence than I ever have before in Scripture and in prayer. Now, you probably won't say this, but this is hours and hours every day. So I will say for you that I believe that intercession has become your major ministry in these later years. You have time for it, but I think more than that, you have the hand of the Lord upon you to intercede. You said something really interesting. You pray for all of our grandchildren, there are nine of them, every day, but you're storing up prayers for them in the future because I'm you're praying not ahead. praying ahead because you're not going to be here I, on I, earth. Yeah. And you're wanting those prayers to work in their lives even when you've gone. Our youngest grandchild, little Annalise, she's only seven. Uh-huh. So I won't be around when she's 30 or whatever, you know. But yeah. In fact, the other day I said to the Lord, I was praying for Annalise, and it's like the Lord said, which obviously I'm not hearing these, but it's in mm-hmm. my mind and uh-huh. my thinking. You know, you already prayed about Annalise today. And I say, yeah, but this is for when I'm gone. <laughs> I'm stacking the prayers up so that Grandpa talking is, back to God. Okay, is covering. <laughs> I enjoy those times. It's no longer a chore for me, and I also am enjoying a prayer group I'm in. Mm-hmm. I think here in one of the greatest ways to learn about prayer is just to pray with other people. Mm-hmm. These people, they might be surprised to hear me say, it, but they are teaching me so much. We get together on the phone. There are seven of us. In fact, the prayer group started. The leader said, why don't you start? And then he named one of the persons. And that person prayed, I'm guessing, for four or five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it's just free. Whoever wants to I said, Lord, that was an incredible prayer. I just, I was so You should filled. almost have a printed copy of some of those so prayers. I'm right? filled by what, what my friend has said. And, and it's voicing, but in a new way, what I, what I feel deeply inside. Thank you. These are all p- people from all over the country. They're, like you said, it's seven people. Mm-hmm. And, and many of them, two, I think a lot together. of, yeah, we've said this before, I think a lot of them don't know one another. You are the common de- denominator. That's probably true. But this is something that other people could do, David. And probably should do so. We'll make a little challenge right here. You know, gather a bunch of friends you've known and love. Maybe they're all over the country. And then just through a conference call, not even fiddling with Zoom. You don't need to pray over Zoom. Well, usually when you pray, we do it over the phone. You do, I have a conference call and yeah, everyone and calls one number. And you're going to pray. You're going to pray with your eyes closed probably. Anyway. anyway so that's it's just been a powerful thing. And I think you feel... like it's launching something in you. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, Well, it was going to be the last point that I was going to make, which is my calling is not to write like you do. Mm -hmm. It's more to preach. Mm -hmm. And I've had privilege to preach in so many different places. I look back on my life. I I enjoyed preaching a lot in college settings. I I was able to preach one whole week at Wheaton College, which was where I did my undergraduate. Spiritual emphasis week, yeah. I've preached among peers 
the National Religious Broadcasters. I spoke there. Some really great churches, going back as far as when I was quite young. I preached at Woody Church when I worked in there. Chicago. I remember preaching at the chapel at West Point. It was you know, a I thrill, thought, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was really neat. Pastoring and preaching to an incredible congregation that we built from scratch with the Lord's help. Ten years in Chicago, obviously 20 years with the Chapel of the Air Ministry. That, mm-hmm. that was a phenomenal privilege for me. Spoken at denominational conferences. I've spoken indoors and outdoors <laughs> in camps and various conferences. So I've had, but if I could preach with this message that's birthing in me now, it, it sounds kind of funny, but I'll tell you where I'd go. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go to a good retirement village. Mm-hmm. Not to live there, but to preach there. I, mm-hmm. I know they have services. If, if I say a nursing home, that's a little bit different, but I'd be happy to preach at a nursing so, home. If somebody is... said, would you preach at this, our church, you know, say out in Iowa mm-hmm. or Arizona or Washington, whatever, I'd probably say that, you know, the travel's too much for me. But if you can find a, a retirement home close by, I would enjoy doing that because I have this strong feeling that the Lord is prompting me to speak in a way that I'd like to actually talk about it more in some podcasts that are going to come up. But I think that the older people in this land, those who are aged, Mm -hmm. not necessarily by the chronological years, but just that we're not as strong as we used to be. We can't go out and fight certain battles. I think they're the ones God wants to call to build up a prayer base all around this country so that it would be a wonderful news item to say something strange is happening in retirement villages the across prayer, The USA. prayer base of the elders. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, that's an extraordinary picture, David, to call those people who have life experience and, and, and are not doing the things that used to keep them as busy is the things that we used to do that kept us busy, but to be a force for God, a spiritual force for God in this nation. I just think that's an extraordinary vision. I believe that God has given that to you. It was almost birth during that prayer time mm-hmm. that, that we get together with my friends. And I think it is of the Lord. It's still, you know, I mean, it's in the birthing process. Mm-hmm. It's an embryo yet, a dream that's yeah. an embryo yet. Yeah. I haven't got it. You know, I think a lot of my friends would say, you can have that, David. I don't want that calling. No, I think there are a lot of them, maybe. But I think there are a lot more who would capture the thought behind the vision. This often happens when the Lord lays something on one person's heart all across the country. There may be little groups and uh, dreams like this, callings like this bubbling among up among I, I other think, um, right. Christian leaders who are our age. Yeah, no, I think that's really, really well said. I have my answer as the pieces are coming into place. I have my answer to people. So, you know, you can have that. That's a dumb calling. I say, no, it's better than the one Ezekiel got. You know, Ezekiel was called by God. God, he said, Here, here's your audience. <laughs> Is this yeah. the dry bone vision? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a valley full of dry bones, not even connected. <laughs> And uh, and then then the Lord asked him, "Can these bones live again?" And Ezekiel said, "Only you know, God." <laughs> See, it's pretty hard, pretty hard. But then then he began to see them. You what know, what is the song? What are the lyrics? Of oh, the, I don't know. It's the knee bones bo- connected to the <laughs> shin bones. I don't know. <laughs> the ankle bones connected to the. Can you imagine what he felt? Look at oh, something absolutely unbelievable is happening. Whether I, whether in reality or in in his mind, as he saw all of this, and, and I think you know, wow, that's really something. And and look at we did it together, didn't we? God? Valley of the dry bones. What an extraordinary yeah. picture out of scripture. Yeah. So anyway, that's where I am, and and I'm saying. Look, Lord, I think that I need to begin to process my friends and say, who do we know? What is God saying to you? So it's going to take a while Mm -hmm. for me to see this thing come along. But it's 
very, very important. Uh-huh. It's important that the older people who have memories of prayer meeting, uh-huh. a lot of the new generation, they have no idea what a prayer meeting is like because uh-huh. they've never been invited to one. Uh-huh. You know? Well, and they have memories of time. Those older people have memories of times when God worked in dramatic ways. They know he can be a healer. They know he can restore broken relationships. Uh-huh. They've seen conversion happen in the lives of their family or their or, or people who've become friends. I mean, they have a history of seeing God have ha- having work, and so they can draw on that history to cast a belief system that says prayer will make a difference and we're going to pray in mass. Mm -hmm. I think all that's good. Let me go back to that sentence. There's a gestation period that's going on. One would do well to view old age as a gift. Not all that many are given. And I'm saying to the Lord, I really am very grateful, Lord, that you've allowed me to still be alive in relatively good health. I can't fight the Philistines physically anymore. But if you would invite me to your table... Your Majesty, and you would let me be a part of where you are in your head during these days. I would see that as an incredible honor. And I'm not going to say, no, you know, I'm a little tottery now. Maybe if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I could have come. No, that's not what I'm, I'm, I'm going to say. I want to sit at the king's table here for a Here my use me. <laughs> well, I just want to say, what an offer. Well, yes. You know, yeah. you think I still have it in me that I can be someone who can enjoy that? Yeah, that would be wonderful. Hmm. So anyway, that's where I am in my head and I'm processing. And I kind of dominated this conversation. So the next time we get together, I'm going to ask you. So you've got to get ready. So i got to have something to say as far as what I'm going to do with my old age. Well, I don't want you to look at it that way. I want you to see it as a gift Uh that God has given you, at least for now. Uh You're going to say, not all that many people are given this gift, God. Thank you for it, and let me use it wisely, okay? Uh So you kind of get yourself ready, all right? I'll be ready. (laughs) You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address hosts at beforewego.show. That's all lowercase letters, hosts at beforewego.show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois, 60187.